Long past the hour for quitting labour, amid the smoke-filled haze of the south gate, the after-lodge crew continues to linger in the rubbish of the temple, under the watchful eyes of right-worshipful Grand Censor Bob. Not recognised nor endorsed by any grand or subordinate lodge of regular masons, irregular masons, co-masons, Canadian masons, or internet wannabe masons, they banter on as always. Puffing cigars, drinking stale coffee, making terrible jokes, studying agency law, spreading the intemperance and excesses of digital masonry, and generally disappointing all seven of their podcast subscribers. Do yourself a favour and stop listening now. Only trolls and masochists dare to eavesdrop upon this after-lodge banter. It's kind of like using those wet wipes on the toilet. I'm, I'm, I'm never going to have it. I just get a bigger single monitor. That fits my usages, Scott. I don't need a <laughs> monitor for work, and that's the only time I can ever, I've ever seen a second one being needed. I don't know. But it's we went live a little bit. I'm not, I'm not knocking you for it. Do your thing. I'm just saying. <laughs> like, Arlen, kick it. I don't get it. We're, we're, we, I, I already did. I already oh, did. Martin. Cool. Yeah, we've been started. We've been started on episode 246. Because um, we're going to do a couple digit jump here to account for the anniversary show that's now been edited. This is After Lodge Harlan. Uh, quarantine log day 245. Um, I took my weekly quarantine shower this week. Otherwise, we're holding down the fort. Uh, I am almost out of liquor. Send bourbon. Uh-oh. I also have worshipless producer Bruce Good in evening. a different bunker because we are fraternal distancing. Obviously. <clears throat> Say hi, Bruce. Hi, Bruce. How's it going, guys? Yeah, I hate when you do that. Just do what you tell me, boss. The one and only Sir John. Howdy. Who is extreme fraternal distancing. Well, that's a Minnesotan style. Do y'all ever ever come within six feet of each other normally? No, we're a pretty stoic state. I mean, you know, you have to be family to get. Well, and I'm marginally paranoid to begin with. So, you, I mean, yeah. If I don't know you and you get within six feet, that's grab distance, and I get to, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's do fair. To you, do things to you that violate the Geneva Convention. So, <laughs> we have uh, Scotty. On one of his seven monitors, it's three because you know. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, what's up, everybody? And Big Jeff. Hey, how you doing? Hey, Jeff. You know our uh, our junior warden squirreled out on us, and uh, I think the master's got your head on the chopping block. The heads up. Yeah, I have heard. All right. Well, as long as you know. So, welcome, fellas. You know that that brings up a, a topic already. Do you think that masters of this year uh, should be given the option to sit in the East again next year because they just aren't doing anything? Well, here's well, the they've thing. clearly failed at being master because they're not having lodge. Why would you? <laughs> Back in my game? year. No, no, this, this is a good good thing, because if you got the guys that are competent, yeah, you let them run again. If you got the guys that aren't, then, you know, hey, you did your turn as master. Thanks. Well, our guy, our, our master this year, he, he actually, he's an older, older guy, um, but you know what? He's, like, super dedicated. He's done, um, he did, he does the long-form charge in the East, um, at the end of Lodge, and then like the old guys are like, "What the hell is he talking about?" And like me and a few of the other brothers there are looking at each other like, "It's in the book." <laughs> it's refreshing to hear that from time to time. It is. He stumbles through it a little bit, but he's gotten better. Now, I did tell him, I said, "If we get you in the East again next year, no mistakes." <laughs> we have. Uh... Our good old friend, the King of No Pants, hanging out in the uh, in the YouTube chat. Yeah, you um, just remind me of something too. I, I approve, uh, Sir No Pants, of your uh, after lodge story on the Freemasonry Reddit. Um, and you know, brethren in the quarries will be brethren in the quarries. So apparently, lodges are having Zoom meetings. 
And then after the official meeting's over, the Zoom hangout devolves into After Lodge chicanery. And I wholeheartedly endorse this form of Lodge programming in these current times. It's about damn time. Speaking of Lodge programming, is there any way we can work around to getting Jeff um, installed in that chair? Not installed. um, Voted, I guess. Elected, no. Um, not until the Lodge is allowed to meet again. So when the Grand Poobah says that we can fraternal distance less. What I meant, is there any way we can... No, we can't. No. It has to be an open Lodge. But we won't have anything else to do, because you know, we can't do any degree work at the moment. So, Yeah, I voted no on all of it. I just said no across the board. I, didn't, I was like, no, I don't want any of that. Scotty is, of course, referring to the survey that our Grandmaster sent out to the mm. craft about preferences on how we approach this reopening process. And all three options that we were given involved no degree work for the foreseeable future. So you and guys so, can't do business meetings over Zoom right now? So we were authorized to conduct necessary business such as like paying bills and such. But no, like, ritual business, so no, like, elections or bylaws or anything like that. Um, Do that telephonically, and then eventually we're going to be able to open Lodge again, but with strictly limited numbers of brethren being allowed to be present, and no dinner, and no degree work. And the Grand Master's question was... Do you want to try to do something like that, or do you just want to keep the lodges closed until we can open all of it, basically? And uh, there wasn't much in the way of in-between, and there definitely was no free-form text box, because I'm a mason here, and we, well, I ruin all our fun. Yes. Well, like here, and everyone else's. Here, we could do, we just can't do our ritual, but we can still do elections and vote for things if we have to. I mean, our Grand Lodge met that way in April. My commandery just did a full uh, election installation last night. It's just foreign to me the fact that you that it'd be handcuffed to that extreme where it hobbles the Lodge from keeping itself running. Yeah. Well, brother, um, brother Carl um, running the... Um... Masonic uh, apparel site. He he made a post on Facebook recently that a lot of people like. Um, said, "Remember when we used to meet about the Ascended Masters guy? Huh? You talking about the Ascended Masters guy? Yeah, yeah. Carl Hearn. Right. Yeah. He said, "Remember when we used to meet in secret? Maybe we need to start doing that again." Even even secret from our own grand lodges. <laughs> That's my kind of clandy. Um, speaking of fraternal suppliers, uh, I'm surprised it took this long, brothers, but you can now find uh, Masonic face masks uh, wherever bumper stickers and other regalia is sold. And silly hats. Yeah, Guys, we yeah. actually have a, one of the lodges that meet in our building. They're making it, and they're actually putting it towards Masonic fundraisers. So if you actually do want a mask, let me know. And I can get you one from them. It's going to a Masonic cause and not to some... Well, it's not going over to China. It's going to them. I, uh... Weird. On your earlier thoughts, Scotty, I was thinking all of our district meetings ended up being canceled. Maybe Mm -hmm. we, uh... Maybe we should let the district deputies have another go-round, but then that kind of gums up the works for all the guys that have already been slated for next year. But... This was a rough year to be a district deputy. Guess nobody's getting an excellency award this year. If you survive, it's excellent. <laughs> your lodge is still open. If you could pay your bills and not meet. <laughs> Hard yep. mode. That'd be great. If you just go ahead and send us your dues and not make us actually do stuff, um, that'd be great. Ritual's hard. Programming order. That was a good year to be Grandmaster if you weren't looking forward to, you know, traveling. Well, I think 
our current grandmaster. I think he won. He wanted hours. But oh, okay. I don't think you actually become a grandmaster unless you yeah, you like traveling as much as our treasurer, because in order to get there, you have to do that. And yeah, I feel like our current grandmaster is pretty similar to Ray, to where like this is kind of his dream, and he's fine just living this for every day for a year. Hundred percent. Yeah, so makes this whole thing worse for him. Well, I, I feel bad for why. Well, not feel bad, but I, I feel for our grandmaster, uh, Ethan, who I've known for years. Because um, last year, the installed grandmaster passed away a week after he was installed. And he was deputy grand, so he was the acting grandmaster all of last year. And now he's installed this year with all of this going on. I don't know how the guy's doing it. I mean... He's the most laid back guy I know, so that probably helps. But yeah, I think it. I th I think that we when we look back on this, and we will look back on this, and like, man, that was tough. I I really hope that most people, if they have a, a grandmaster or a master of the lodge that's doing everything they possibly can to keep things going, we need to look at them like uh, as as like a wartime president or Winston Churchill type, you know, like somebody that kept the ball rolling and did their best and it's going to go down in history, but we survived. There were some missteps. There may have been, you know, a bunch of other crap, but we need to at least give them the respect that they deserve. And I mean, not for nothing. There's really not much they can do. Shut long right. down and, and wait until yeah. it, it looks appropriate to reopen them. Um, I don't know. It's, well, it's the show. I have a, I have a, I have a very hard time talking about things like that 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 I consider so secret. I don't think we should talk about on the show. You know what I mean? Talking about the maintenance secret thing. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. that's that's a line for me. The, uh, well, the show will go on. Uh, not just this show, oh, but yeah. I've got two guys. Two guys yeah. now who are are very much interested in. In becoming part of our lodge, or just part of masonry through our lodge, uh, as soon as they are able, that during the quarantine have been put in contact with me. So when we are allowed to resume labor, you know, we got guys in waiting. So that's good. I um, mean, all the conspiracy theory documentaries have come out, and like I'm seeing a lot like, of. Are that. we getting blamed from some stupid shit? Yeah. Anti-Freemasonry still exists. Yeah, that poster we that's did the been going around on Facebook and everywhere else. The yellow COVID-19, the New World Order, all that good stuff. That's, uh, yeah. that's There was uh, one of the guys on Reddit that was like, sorry, I, I was just trying to get some guys to come help with a lodge renovation project. And I thought if they were off work, they'd help. I, I didn't think it was going to get this far out of control. <laughs> <laughs> But the good news hey, is that our PA system has been fixed, and uh, and we got that new wall up. So, yeah, the chicanery on Reddit has only picked up in this this pandemic time. I do appreciate the um, <clears throat> a lot of the Masonic research type groups and societies have just switched to zoom presentations and have seen a uh, massive uptick in interest and attendance since doing that. Um, at least here locally, I'm assuming it's going similar in other places. I should really do my prohibition one since I've got the time. Well, Scotty, um, I am part of, an association that, that gathers speakers on various topics. Um, I could probably set you up with that. That's that more, not on the show talk, but also yeah. you could just do that presentation on this show. If you wanted, you could, you could not today. Yeah. No, I'm not ready today. I haven't gone not over today. it. In a minute. How many times have you done it? Like, do you need to get ready? I thought it was like, like a ritual where you have to do it on the spot. incorporate the slides. 
Yeah, I have to incorporate the slides and I have to reread my notes. But once, I mean, it's like riding a bike. I may stumble through it the first time a little bit, but once once I get there, <laughs> once I get going, I enjoy Seriously, it. Seriously, <laughs> I figured you'd have that like locked in your head, like I have bad Irish jokes when I'm hammered. I have the arguments yeah. locked into my head, just not all like the dates. We all know it's not a Masonic presentation without the slides. Uh, that's true. In fact, I am now working on some darn slides. Uh, that same society <laughs> I was mentioning, I uh, I got hoodwinked, I guess. I'd, I'd been bantering with Landscaper Josh, who'd been bugging me about talking in Lodge about about like a Mason's primer to Kabbalah. And uh, anyway, it all cascaded into now in July, I have to speak before this very respectable society of brilliant Masons. It'd be one thing if I was just going to be talking to Josh and some guys after lodge. No, no, it's a, it's like a, it's not a research lodge. It's just a special similar. It's not a lodge. It's just an association of Masons. Ah. There's a similar function to a research lodge just without all the lodge trappings. It's like a dinner club. for Is that, is that the one where I made the presentation and you were there? No, no, that's our education society. That's, uh nope this is he's kind of newer it's a spinoff it's a spinoff of my traditional observance lodge um in an effort to be more inclusive of folks who don't want to be part of our lodge per se but are interested in all of the other things we do and uh it's it's all kind of in flux and new but we're you'll you'll be hearing a lot more about us locally as we compile these talks and publish things and travel to lodges and such um anyway i will be doing that talk uh, i'll get you guys some details because it's going to end up being over zoom even though it's in july because i suspect we still won't be able to have gatherings even in july um but as bruce was saying um i had planned on doing this chat just hanging around after lodge maybe even in lodge uh, in a much less formal setting, with not surrounded by people who are like Masonic nerds and experts and everything more than me. So now I have to have slides and like, you know, a formal presentation. So I had to start working on that because you can't have a professional talk without slides. Well, I mean, not for nothing, but it, I would think it'd be fairly easy if you wanted to do that on this show for you to incorporate the slides into maybe screen sharing if we we're already this is already a youtube video so if somebody wanted to watch that it shouldn't be tough doesn't jitsi have a built-in screen share it does it does that's what i was gonna advise scotty is we have the ability to handle your slides and any other media you may require i can find a way with the power of open source (laughs) i can appreciate it Thanks again jitsi i know we say it often but you guys are awesome uh community developed project that we use free of charge completely open source not owned by any corporate entity that restricts its use someone will pick it up facebook will own it eventually or disney or both uh, that maybe <laughs> i've seen open source projects kind of spin off that way but this one's this one's pretty locked in yeah usually the point of being open source is that it can't be bought yeah like you can be like like open office was bought up by Sun as part of the or by Oracle as part of the whole Sun acquisition. I forgot about. But then it. all the guys that were working on it just quit and took all their code because it's open source and started a new thing called LibreOffice and just kept going. I thought and it so, was OpenOffice and then OpenOffice became LibreOffice. Well, it did sort of. OpenOffice is still around. Um, yeah. So. As soon as as soon as Oracle acquired the rights to Open Office, the developers who were working on it in the open source fashion didn't want to have anything to do with Oracle because they're evil. They saw the writing on the wall and they just left and they took a copy of the code because it's open know. source. Open, open Office is free. It is. It is. But because it's owned by Oracle, I didn't. Know Oracle ended up you. donating it later to the Apache Foundation oh, because okay. nobody was using it. But the whole reason nobody was using it is because all the best developers spun off and did LibreOffice right. under a 
in the software world, nobody wants to work for or with Oracle. Um, next to as far as as far as like software boogeymen go, they they probably trump Microsoft in the minds of nerds. Um, they're they're pretty awful. So, which is weird because they've been around like longer than tech has. They're they're like seventies old. Yes. Well, IBM is the same way. Like yeah. when when IBM acquired Red Hat, there was mass panic around the nerd community about, oh my God, what's going to happen to our favorite Linux? Um, because IBM's also notorious for taking good ideas and slaughtering them. Mm. Uh, Business. That's why they don't really have much competition because they just buy their competition and close it. Say so, how much. I prefer Google does it. Linux Typhon or uh, Linux Kali, but I'm I'm a Typhonist by nature, so Google does it better <clears throat> usually, unless it has to do with messaging of, of any kind. <laughs> You'd think that like the most sophisticated software company in the world would be able to figure out messaging, but no, they weren't able to pull off a social network either. Uh, no, they were. It's just the idiot masses couldn't appreciate the brilliance of what they created. Speaking of which, while we're uh, still on the subject, uh, Kim and I recently watched uh, Ex Machina last week. Have you seen that, Harlan? I, I have not, although Netflix really continues to yell at me that I need to. Watch it. Go watch it. It's good. I thought it was just like Android porn. No. Um, is it a not that I'm opposed to Android There's porn. very, very little... Um, there might not even be any nudity in it. Well, oh, then I'm not watching it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay. There's a little nudity in it. All right. Cool. I'll I mean, I, I said it was Android porn. Like, that's not derogatory. I was just mentioning I thought that's what it was. I got no problems with that. I thought you were saying that was the reason you hadn't watched it yet. No, I hadn't watched it because I just, my, my Netflix queue is not really that long. I just don't have a lot of TV time. And I, I started like sense. you'd have a lot more. Yeah, that's true. Um, I also started like last year trying to watch Star Trek so that I could not have holes in my nerd card. Man. And a year later, I'm just now starting season two. Well, and when I say Star Trek, I mean like. Star Trek, like okay, the original. Do yourself Star- Star- Harlan, Harlan, when you're a nerd, you get to choose. No, 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 John. You get to choose between Star Wars and Star Trek. You don't have really? to do both. Oh, yeah. It's very, it's That's very true. Thing. It's one or the other. But they're both but great. I'll, I'll say this. If you're going to watch Star Trek, just skip. I had a few different series and just start with Deep Space Nine because that actually had... Well, plot development. I literally so, was about to say the opposite. Don't watch Deep Space Nine. Oh, watch, Deep Space Nine. Watch Next Generation, I, Voyager, and Enterprise. Voyager. I've been watching just Voyager's Star awesome. Trek. And here you're in like the Voyager, second, you're a sexist. No, I like good plotist. That's what I am. I need my sevens of nine and my chakotes. <laughs> Okay, I'll give you the I'll give you that for seven to nine because for reasons that shouldn't be the reason I watch the show. No, I like Deep Space Nine because they're in a stationary well, essentially, in a stationary location, and so the plot has to be a little more thicker rather than oh, we're done at this planet. Let's see what happened. What should we get yep. into when we go over here? But if you're yeah. gonna do a space station, be Babylon five or be nothing. Yeah, well I was, this never, I was never a Babylon five guy. Really? I didn't- and, yeah. and I, John, I watched it. It was all right. What got me about Deep Space Nine was is that there was they they went too deep into alien politics that I didn't really give a shit about. That's what I loved so much about Babylon. Like it was. See, that's my thing. And the engineer is a Irishman. That's true. <laughs> but he was also a next gen. Next gen that's is true. But he was just the guy in the transporter room. Chief, yeah. Next Gen is the superior Star Trek to any Star Treks. Because that's a that's a fight I won't even wade into. Good luck. Right. If you don't, but you're illustrating my point that I can't really engage in this conversation amongst you two nerds because 
I've seen none of it. Ah. <laughs> and and it's just it's been on a bucket list for a while. Um, I appreciate it for what it is. Like that that whole kiss scene with Shatner was yeah. like that the interracial yeah. kissing in the late. The original was a groundbreaking series. There's no was- two ways around it. Or, or there was the episode with like the android ladies, and they're all in their scantily clad X shaped thing, and they're like, and today that seems cute, and all their you know idiot phaser things and giant ass computers where Spock's oh. working on a computer has no screen, like all that you got to look past. But when you put it in the time that it aired, I can I can appreciate why it was such a big deal. When it comes to Kirk, he's either gonna fight it or have sex with it. That's his shit. Yeah. <laughs> and his shirt will always rip. You're right. It's true. His, his shirt will always rip in the same spot. And he had time. that weird thing going back then with like with like well-built abs and a beer gut. Like I, I guess that was hot. Sure, I feel like that's a good description. Hey, no, if you can pull that off. Yeah. I haven't figured that formula out. Not just Kirk, just William Shatner. Yeah, so, yeah, just, just Bill Shatner. Yeah. I did like the new Kirk in the movies. The new movies, I, I I enjoyed them. The new movies were exceptionally well done. Yeah, yeah. I, but I mean, Cumberbatch as Khan was. Yeah, oh, awesome. perfect. Now, uh, Harlan, I agree with you. Uh, you should watch them just for the cultural significance. It's just like saying if you haven't seen all three of the Lord of the Rings movies, not Hobbits, but Lord of the Rings, um, you're really doing yourself a disservice. Eh. I mean, well, I've, I've been confessing to you guys for a few weeks now my my nerd insecurities. Star Trek and Dungeons and Dragons were like the two big ones, and we're fixing those. So. I am completing my nerd education at the ripe old age of 33. So, yeah. You've seen the Lord of the Rings movies, right? Well, yeah. I also okay. read the books. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm not like... I don't <laughs> know what you call somebody that's never... Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a person. Like, <laughs> I'll of have course you know, I've played that. several games of Magic the Gathering with Harlan. Okay. That's fair. That's true. I've I've done that. I've now, never to be fair. Magic. I only did that because I had money involved with it. But mm, yeah, oh, we've had this conversation. <laughs> like you were having fun for a little bit there, buddy. I, I did have fun. I did have fun. Um, but you guys, it's like you and Jason Bruce? know me, and you're like, we want Harlan to play magic, and the only way that's going to work is if we get him to buy into this outfit we're starting. Bruce, and then, yeah. Uh, to be to be fair, Harlan <laughs> may have looked like he was having fun. I also look like I was having fun at my first wedding. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, well, I, I, I hope this was a very different uh, circumstance. <clears throat> yeah, the magic cards are worth more than my first wife. Next. Ew. That's no, the reason I, mean, I never got into magic. It's too expensive. It just yeah, Right? That's not fair, though. You're comparing positive and negative numbers. I mean, any anything's going to be more Cheap valuable drugs, than the cost of a divorce. No, it's not. <laughs> Drugs are way cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but yeah. You, honestly, though, Harlan, you should watch all the series of Star Trek just so you've been through it. Um, for whatever reason, I just never got into DS Nine. It's probably because when I was really watching it, it was on just TV. There was no Netflix, so like I would. I wouldn't really know what's going on as we're with like next generation. So long as it's not a season finale or a season premiere, I, I mean, the problem and resolution happened in the same episode. So I didn't have to really worry about all this buildup like they have in DS nine or continuity. Right. Right. Yeah. That's, that's half the thing. It's it's political <laughs> intrigue on DS9. I like that. Obviously, I'm nothing wrong with it. I'm just I just I just never got hooked. I don't know. Anyway, that's a that's enough Star Trek for one podcast. Yeah, so I, I was just I'm explaining still... why I hadn't seen your ex machina thing was because I've been spending my limited TV time on Star Trek. Is, yeah, that a, a, uh, is that a 
movie or a series? It's a movie. It's a movie. It's on Netflix. Okay, yeah. I might actually be able to watch it. Yeah, series if you've I ever watched anything sci-fi related on Netflix, you'll be able to find this because Netflix is yeah, pushing it. No, it, it shows up in my really hard for some it's, it's also kind of lauded by um, tech people as a good indication that the actress who plays the AI in the movie um, of, of how an AI would probably act were they to exist as a person. Okay, so this is live action. All right, I thought it was an an- it was anime or something. No, 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 no. it's a movie. It's a okay. Movie. I'm all a right. dork. Anime is not even in my scope. So yeah. Yeah, no, it's good. Honestly, I, all three of y'all should check it out. I did check out uh, Brother Johnny Royal's movie, yeah. Eliminated, and it was it wasn't good. Bad. Yeah, it so was bad. I like Thirty Third and Beyond better because of the subject matter, but right. I, I, he did a pretty decent job on uh, Illuminated. Um, really, and I and, and admittedly, I'm the kind of guy. So part of the way through the movie, they you know say, "Hey, the uh, it was the uh, Brotherhood of the Rosy Cross kind of spawned up, and we're kind of directly opposed to the Illuminati." And I tend to lean more towards their camp than the Illuminati. But so I, but I really did enjoy the movie. I thought it was really good. I kind of wish you would have covered how the Illuminati was exposed, which was a kind of a freak accident. Um, how the Bavarian government discovered who they were and who they all were. Um, Cause that's actually a pretty interesting and kind of ironically funny story. Well, I thought the beginning of the end was, um, the two guys that founded it had a falling out and then they, they split off. Yeah. They, I mean, they split, but so one of Joseph Weishaupt's uh, lieutenants essentially in there was actually a, uh, if I remember right, he was an actual Jesuit priest. Mm -hmm. And from my understanding is while he was trekking across Munich, uh, he was, traveling through a particular city on foot with a satchel full of information regarding that order. And from my understanding, and I hope somebody corrects me if I'm wrong, but from my understanding, this particular Jesuit priest with the satchel full of information was going across the city and actually got struck by a lightning bolt. And when they found him, they found a satchel full of information, which was then sent up the food chain. I don't remember getting struck by a lightning bolt part, but that's that's yeah, pretty. That, I I remember distinctly reading that story. I mean, the city might be wrong, and the fact that he's a Jesuit might be wrong, but that's he was hit by a bolt of lightning, died, that's... dropped the satchel, and then all of a sudden the cat was out of the bag. Talk about an act of God. I mean, pick wisely well, yes. which side you want to bat for. That's all I'm going to say. It's fair. It was God that saved us from the evil Illuminus. Yeah. I got a chance to catch that too. It was uh, different than I was expecting. I didn't. I didn't know much about the Illuminati until I saw, I saw that. I just, I just knew that they were founded in 1776 because that's when we signed the Declaration of Independence, and that was easy to remember. But I just knew that they were they were exposed, and then they were. They they were short lived, but everybody thinks, oh, they're still around, and the Masons know about it. I just love like the ending. Spoiler alert: um, the ending, like they're asking these Masons, like, "Are you in the Illuminati? Do you still are you still part of the? Do, are they still exist?" They're like, <laughs> no. Uh, no. There was one guy in there that they ask, and admittedly, this guy looks like. He looks like a proper Italian American. He's a built dude, kind of a you know. He's got a good tan. He's got his hair kind of slicked back. He's like, yeah. The differences between the uh, Masons and the Illuminati is Masons, you know, we can wear rings, these kind of things. The Illuminati at the time weren't allowed to uh, show any sort of outward signs. Yeah, because yeah. it's kind of like being in the mafia. If you're in the mafia, you don't wear a ring that that shows that you are. So if you ask right. me if I'm in the mafia. I'd have to say no. Right. And he starts giggling and you're like, huh, <laughs> you might've tipped your hand, brother. Yeah. Just saying. 
Uh, a little bit. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I got Italian buddies. Back off. Yeah. Yeah. The whole conspiracy theory thing about us is just like, like, I mean, I'm not saying there never was a conspiracy that nobody ever hatched at some point in our long history, but like you're guys like us that go to lodge, do what we can do, try and better ourselves and our communities and so on and so forth. We, I mean, if there was a conspiracy, I'm not in on it. So I always, my one thing I always gross about when people bring up the conspiracy theory of Mason's rule of the world, I, I just, I have to refresh and I've had to do this for not one of any, any my family members are good. I've had to do this for one of my, uh, admittedly my wife's family members in, in a far more kinder way than I'll put it now. But if we are the new world order, let's keep in mind that the Holocaust obviously was aimed directly at the, the, the people of Israel, the, the God's chosen. Right. Now, also thrown into that batch, and I will preface this by saying my family is half Czech. Some of them came from a village called Lidditz. Look it up. <clears throat> we were also thrown into the concentration camps. We as Masons. We as Masons. Yeah. We're also incarcerated mm-hmm. and, and killed. Yeah. Now, when Indeed. the Red Army came in and Stalin took over, guess what? We weren't necessarily let out. And the same, and it also occurred behind the Iron Curtain that masonry was verboten and their members were persecuted and slain. And same in Middle East uh, with certain countries, we are slain on site. So if we are part of this grand new world order, how is it we can't travel anywhere we want without, you know, dying? Right. And admittedly, well, I'm, on, I'm on my second one of these, so I'm less articulate than usual, which is not saying I mean, a lot. I could ask the same question about, you know, the Jews running the world, though. So, but, Well, I mean, that's the exact same thing, is all these conspiracy theories are bunk. You boil it down to, I'm in a bad situation. And this is now John, the former instructor, speaking. If I'm in a bad situation, it's either one luck or how the dice may fall to my own bad decisions or three, the most likely, oh yes, there's a large cabal at work against me and my, and my people. No. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, um, it's, uh, man, there was a quote that I wanted to say, and it's basically saying that, um, Hate hate the rich um, because they have more than you, something like that. Basically, people looked at the haves and have-nots. Uh, the have-nots looked to the haves and says, "Well, it's a zero-sum game. If they have uh, an abundance and I have little, they're taking from me." Yeah, I I will, and I will follow this up with. And I posted this on Facebook Friday. Uh, just kind of, I went through, I threw up a post that mentioned Occam's razor and Hanlon's razor and yeah. the Sagan standard. But the other one, Hitchens razor, and I have it right here in front of me. What can be asserted without evidence can also be dismissed without evidence. I love it. I'm also trying to find the quote. I wish I had it on me straight away. But yeah, I I never understood I never understood like um persecution of of Jews because I I don't get it. I just don't I just don't get it. And I don't get a lot of things when it comes to people who oh. hate for no reason. Uh, the the that's a I mean that's a very broad multifaceted topic. Uh, yeah, <laughs> anti-Semitism springs from multiple sources. Um, oh, I know that, but I, I in just the, can't. in the West, 
the the core of it has to do with the roots of Christianity and the existence of the Jewish people is subconsciously or consciously an undermining thing uh, to the power of the church. And it's just been long rooted that you, you can't be having these Jews around. Like it's, it's, it's hurting our messaging. Um, and that, that's one angle. The other angles, the, the like white supremacist angle of unlike the, the African who is visually on his face, not like you as an Aryan and he's part of something else. Same thing for the Arab and the Chinaman, the, the Jew looks like you and blends into your society, but he's not like you. He's really like the African and the Arab right. and he Make sides with them and shares his history with them. But he looks like you as a good white man. And that's like insidious in and of itself. And so it, it's kind of both of those things create a yeah, double yeah. whammy in the West of just making it easy to find whatever excuse you can to blame the Jews. Yeah. I, I can't even, I, I, I don't understand hatred in general, but that, but the, the, the anti-Semitism just kind of like, you really have to like deep dive and really buy into some backwards conspiracy theories to actually believe some of the crap that these guys believe in. And maybe, but I mean, you know, from my perspective, I watched the majority of Americans buy political party messaging hook, line, and sinker, and it all yeah. seems just as crackpot as the rest of the stuff we've been talking about to me, but people buy it. Like it, it, It's an easier sell. Extremism is always an easier sell than rational people think. I mean, um, that's fair. I found that quote, but... I was say, I think the movie Men in Black summed it up nicely. A person is smart. People mm -hmm. are stupid and panicky. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. Uh, people in in mass are a a terrible force. A mob is only as smart as its dumbest member. That that's a good. Uh... <clears throat> yeah, that's a good way to put it. And what? And we had this. I remember having this discussion. What's the difference between a crowd and a mob? A crowd is a bunch of people together. A mob is a bunch of people together looking to beat your ass. That's yeah. it. Yeah, I um, actually, yeah. I mean that that that's like the, all the roots of the problem with democracy is, uh, you know, it's just legalized mobs. Yeah. Well, I was about to. I was about to say. I found my. I found my quote. Uh, Henry Hazlitt said this, and he was um, American journalist who wrote for business and economics for such publications as Wall Street Journal, The Nation, American Mercury, and uh, Newsweek, and The New York Times. He's cited as both libertarian and conservative, but he... Uh, he said, the whole gospel of Karl Marx can be summed up in a single sentence. Hate the man who is better off than you than you are. And I really feel that because of the cultural, like with this anti-Semitism part, I really feel like because there's a strong culture in the uh, among Jewish people to be successful, to go into professions, that sort of thing. Education is key. Family is key. Um, the product of that ends up being success. And then people on the outside looking in says, Oh, well that person must be doing something wrong or evil or whatever to slight me. And I don't. Yeah. That, that falls on the, uh, and again, this, that falls on the uh, sociological concept of, is it a guilt based culture or a shame based culture? Mm -hmm. If you look further, far enough back guilt is, you know, I did something bad. I should feel bad about it. Like the Irish. Um, but we don't feel bad about anything. Or um, the so well, you do until you drink enough that you just don't feel anything. 
but or if you overlap in your Irish hand cap. Ah, that's my kind of ah. <laughs> um but then you look at a guilt-based culture and it's it's based around if you do something bad, it's reflected on your family. Right. So yeah. It's not mm-hmm. guilt, it's shame. And then so you have to look at how the culture was formed, whether it was based around the individual penance or the fact that the whole family was shamed. And then that's when you deal with things like family retribution within a family for somebody doing a wrong, something similar like that. And I'm going to draw a really broad sociological line is you look at the West, it's guilt-based. You look at Middle East, you look at more traditional cultures from the old world, it's shame-based. Even in the East so that, and Far East in Japan and China, it's been like that. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm a sure. student, I'm I'm an astute student of feudal Japan, and yes, if a member of your family causes shame upon you, you remove their head, yeah. or and then show everybody that you whatever. did it in some effort to restore some portion of that. Yeah, honor. it was. Look, I solved this problem. I've got Billy's head here in it in my hands, um, which was marginally accepted depending on the circumstances. But yeah. It's 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 that that merging of the guilt based versus the shame based, which then also causes that rift and causes the strife of what we see in anti-Semitism, anti-Masonic uh, movements, anti-Arabic, anti-Mexican, anti-whatever throw in the acronym there. I mean, it was it was that way between the English and the Irish. It was they were the others. They were lesser. They were. You know, they were people that don't don't believe what we do, so therefore they are, you know, inferior. We're going to plant our flag here and suddenly proclaim it in the name of the queen. Yeah, well, Sorry, I'll, the, I'll get off my IRA soapbox. Yeah, I was, the, you know, I don't, I don't need like vans following me around my quarantine. The hook was coming out, John. What? John, go ahead, Bruce. I said the hook was coming out. The hook that pulls you off stage. Oh yeah, no, no, no we're good. And and to. To echo kind of John That's there for a, a little bit. Um, <laughs> I know where you live. I've been to your house. So many of our, so many of like the world religions and ideologies are so close to being basically the same. And then wars are fought over it. Yeah. And that's what I, I mean. That's one thing I love about Freemasonry is that we leave that crap at the door. And, you know, you don't talk, you shouldn't be talking about religion or politics in the lodge hall. I and mean, say that, but a lot like most of the guys in your lodge are the same or very similar religion. It's not like you're in a melting pot of religions there, Scott. I'm not saying my lodge is. However, and my lodge is different. So, yeah. It, and- Go ahead, Scotty. Though, I'm just saying that, that masonry in general. I'm not saying my lodge is the is the um, poster boy for diversity. What I am saying is is that Freemasonry allows for that diversity. And you know what, man? I I don't care who. I had a guy, even as conservative as I am, I had people come in with Republican and Libertarian buttons on during my year, and I said, no, you have to take that off. Wait, You're so not- you didn't actually wear a MAGA hat as your crown in the <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I, don't. I heard that. Bruce told me you did. How dare you, first of all, Bruce? No, I wore a flat cap all year long. Picture is not photoshopped. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this this is a uh, this is a I've seen of pictures of him in the, in the peaky hat. That's yep, all year long. This is, this is the new one I bought when my brother uh, went in. My the one I wore all year. Um, I broke the bill on it, so it's just sitting in my. I'm, I'm a big box. fan of the pinch hat. I yeah, I either wore a fedora Hamburg, and if I didn't have that, I usually have my pinch hat with me. So I'm not going to ask how you managed to break the bill on a paperboy hat. I That's... put it in my back pocket and sat on it. Yeah, let's go with that. Um, <laughs> so people are are always gonna. It doesn't matter how how homogenous you make a a group of men. Ideology is is always gonna find a crack and split. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've seen that in the the Protestant Catholic things in the past. The 
<clears throat> you could take your lodge, and if it was full of of Baptists, like everybody there was a member of some Baptist congregation, and you allowed religious debate to take place, you're going to have epic fights between the free will Baptists versus the goodwill Baptists. And that, that's just been a thing in, in every culture. Um, the I, I would... I would argue marginally against that, Harlan. I would say because of who we are and what we've come together to do. Well, that, that West Gate has been guarded very well in some our neck of the woods necessarily. Well, I'll, I'll point out in my neck of the woods up in the Great White North, our West Gate has let some through that maybe shouldn't have been here. Mm-hmm. But I, I will point out that one of our favorite topics in in my York right meetings after after our meetings is we do we will talk about religion because in chapter and council we have a pretty diverse dearth of individuals in there. I mean, we have our you know the 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 run of the mill Christians. We have some people that are more invested in that. We have. You know, we have a, a, a Jew, our, our chaplain in both those bodies is, is Jewish. We have a member who's Hindu. We have a member who is a high, oh, let me see if I can remember my Brady Travis's official title, but he is the high priest of Hades of his particular order of Wicca. I mean, he's essentially a national leader in his scope of religion. I just want to be a fly on that wall, I'm saying. <laughs> oh, it's some it's some interesting conversations, and I guarantee you, any biblical conversation you'll have with my buddy Travis, mm-hmm. you're going to lose because he reads the Bible more than any Christian I know. Um, like Old Testament, New Testament, every apocryphal book, he's on he's on point. I can um, appreciate that. I, I'm often he, alarmed at how much more familiar I am with the New Testament than most Christians I know, and it kind of yeah. blows my mind. I don't know if that's a very high bar, John. <laughs> well, no, no. But admittedly, I mean, he knows his stuff. I mean, it's my buddy Travis. I'll call him out on the show. And, I mean, other than that, he's crazier in a shithouse rat. But, <laughs> but he's a good friend of mine. But we get into some very in-depth conversations. And the difference is, I think, between society as a whole and us as society as a whole like harlan said you 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 find that fissure in the rock and shine light in it and it splits the rock with us i think if you find those fissures in the rock we manage to weld them together less than split them apart because we do have constructive and intelligent and wholesome discourse among the differences of these different faiths and how they interact with each other. And, you know, it's, it's amazing what you can get to when you're in a room with other brothers saying, you know, again, sitting across a table from a a brother of who's a a Muslim saying, yes, in your book, Gabriel shows up, Michael shows up, Uriel is there. uh, uh, Raphael is there in some component. These are different these are different facets on the diamond that is the supreme being. We are just looking at it from different sides of the same gem, or at least on marginally, or, or at least proximal facets of the same gem. And I, I, think I we, like that. We're, I think we're affronted that ability more so in masonry than in society as a whole, is because you're in this room with the gentleman that you've been through the same ceremonies and the rituals with, and have that bonding experience. And you know that the person across the table that you're talking to knows you as a person, knows you as a human being, knows you as a soul, and respects you on that very base level and can disagree with you and have constructive discourse back and forth. And you know you're not attacking the other person, their psyche, their their individual, who they are. At least that's how it should be. That is well. In in my experience, that is. I I I may I may. I about got ran out of. I I about got ran out of the east for bringing up alcohol coming into the lodges again. Let alone talking about someone else's god. I've got. You got to come up here with the Irish are. I've got two questions with that that, though, John. The the first one would be: Do you think it's because of the level of diversity that there's 
there isn't a way for like a a two way fracture to form because if there was to be a fra- like everybody from what you described, there's just too many people in too many different places for there to be a rift in the middle and and actually split the group because everybody's coming from a different place. And then my other one was, or do you think it's because it's it's an appendant body, which is my suspicion that because I've noticed here, you know, while the Blue Lodge forbids politics and religion. My Scottish Rite temple is all about politics and religion. Yeah, but that so, the kind of people who pursue higher learning in Masonry are the kind of people generally who can handle that. And your yes. your average Blue Lodge crowd maybe isn't geared for that. Un- unless you find a true, and I hate to say the term, but I will use it, a true like Pikean. Blue Lodge Mason who who believes in what they're taught in those three degrees and they incorporate the entirety of it. Those are the individuals that will be able to have that kind of discussion. I've I've when I was master, I was master of a very homogeneous lodge. Everybody was like I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure hey, 20 (laughs) bucks is 20 bucks. Um so I'm I'm pretty sure I was the only at the time Catholic in my lodge. Everybody else was a you know a wasp, white, Anglo-Saxon, Protestant. Um, so that was a little different. So I think with the right mixing the lodge to some extent. Now, admittedly, with these conversations we've had with our within our York right bodies at St. Paul, I would say you know a majority of them are Protestant. I won't say Anglo-Saxon because, you know, I won't go that far. But a, a lot of them are, you know, they're Lutheran. They are Methodist. They are whatever. Sure. Um, but then there, there's these examples that are put in there that can be potential clefts in the uh, uh, proverbial rock. But I think, again, with the fact that we've all, uh, we've all, I'll get there. Mm-hmm. Um, together through the same thing. Close. We have a we have a uh, an unbreakable link. We have an unbreakable bond. So we are able to have these really hard conversations that we can't have with members of the profane world. Um, maybe not even with our spouses that we can have with each other, because we have that shared experience. That's a good we point. We have been through that ritual experience together. I'll take it. I mean, there's. You look, you look at the short bond. What do you say? That I wasn't planning on thinking tonight. Well, you know, I mean, why, why start now? So, <laughs> again, we look at this common bond that we have. I can think of three examples right now off the top of my head of brothers that. I I can't I can't sit in a lodge room with. I I won't necessarily I'll engage with them on the on the, the face of courtesy, but beyond that, I'd just rather flatten my balls with a wooden hammer than talk to them. That Ouch. said That's fair. That said <laughs> Hey man, I'm big <laughs> on TikTok. Check me out. Nah. Um <laughs> That said, I mean, if if it was a a the call was sent and they needed the help, it would still be there. I would mm. still proffer it. I would without question, without right, right, fear, right. reward, because it's that shared bond. It comes down to this too: like you can pick your friends, but you can't pick your family. And your brothers are just just that; they're extended family. And um, I agree with you. There's plenty of guys that I I don't like necessarily but if they needed help and it was a dire situation and i could help and it falls within my obligation i, I, I would help and I, yeah that's a big bond I, yeah. yeah well and like when i had my big dust up with the uh grand commander of minnesota a year and a half ago or wherever it was now it's been that long um yeah it's been almost two years now um the uh 
our guy that's uh he's one of our grands now um and he's a great he's actually well i'll, I'll out him uh great guy past grandmaster um and he's our grand recorder and i remember when i i filed my templar charges he was listed in there because of his position as grand recorder and having to do the paperwork and those kind of things and i remember uh after the dust had settled i went to a grand commander meeting after i was uh put on the jurisprudence board and said to him like hey uh, tom you know like no hard feelings it's because of your office not because of who you were but you got sucked up in the wash and tom who's another ex-cop like i am he goes listen i have brothers and we argue from time to time and there's no point in life where we wouldn't you know at the drop of hat beat the living shit out of each other but when we're done we're still brothers and one that meant a lot to me here coming from him um and two it it doesn't kind of ensconce the sense of masonry of you know we can shell each other when we're together to some extent when we're outside of lodge or even sometimes in lodge but when we walk out that door we are a united brethren or we're supposed to be and that's how we should comport ourselves no absolutely I think that kind of gets back to wow. I think a lot of us let the old past masters get away with all the things that they get away with. Um, the way we've always done it, but shouldn't have been doing it that way. Um, you know, I get questioned about some of the um, bull crap that I put up with from these older guys. And, and I'm like, you know what, man, they've been doing this for like 50 plus years. Just, the clock's ticking as is, so let's. We'll be. It'll be over soon. Uh, sad to say, but you know, sometimes old old bigotries do not die, and it's just you say something to them, and then it's a big deal, and then you're just like, "All right, I said my piece, but I don't hang out with you outside of lodge." And that's all you can do, right? Well, that's that's it. I mean, you go to the right creek, you're gonna it, to pan for gold. You're gonna pick pick up a hundred ton a hundred tons of dirt to get your one ounce of gold. But your ounce of gold is gonna be in there. You just gotta sift through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. This is ended up being a good good talk, y'all. If you want to hear with nothing, came out with gold. I, mm, I've been drinking it hell. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Tonight's messaging is brought to you by Larceny um, and Colonel E.H. Taylor. Woodford Reserve in a special vase. In a, of course there's a special vase. Although it is kind of oddly shaped at the top. I'm a little questionable about this. Is that a leaded crystal? I Well, well it didn't break, so I don't think it's leaded crystal. Hold on, let me try again. Yeah, don't waste that. Yeah. I need a nice decanter. I I had to use this because I buy the, the big Woodford bottles. Woodford's my go-to because it's... The best. Relatively expensive. I'm an Angel's Envy guy. I'm not going to lie, but... There, I'm a Elijah Craig guy, too, so... I... Well, yeah, okay, so there's that. But the the thing is with the big Woodford Reserve bottles is I discovered when I try to pour the first half of the bottle, I end up dropping about at least a half a shot on my hands and down the side of the bottle. So I had to start transferring it to the decanter. Party foul. Makes it look all fancy. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, I hope that uh, with all these lodges closed down right now... Um, this podcast is actually serving, um, doing an actual service during this time. Uh, let listeners get something out of being a Mason right now. Um, and admittedly, if, if brothers, if you are listening and your lodge is closed and your grandmaster says you absolutely cannot meet, still have a meeting. Don't have a meeting. Have a gathering. You get your guys online, and and at 
times like this, do the nine o'clock toast, do something to check in with guys. Yeah. You're still free to do that. Yep. And he, especially now you Masons who live in Puritan England, like us, you can drink. We can still drink whether or not we're in lunch. My, my, yeah. I'm out of my, my beer's gone. I was drinking a Sam Adams summer, summer ale and it's gone. So you know what that means. <laughs> Always either come we, prepared. Either we, or do we go for another hour, or and I open a new one. Well, it seems our rabid fans are in desperate need of a a story to compare with uh, Tony's anal bleaching. Unfortunately, we don't have one tonight, so um, I guess I guess that's it. I, you know, I I could probably come up with one eventually once I, you know, clear the fog out of the memory banks, but no. Yeah, well, we don't I, take I, too kindly to the anal bleaching. I have our next visitor, uh, our next guest already lined up. Um, we talked about it before the show, but it's been preempted. Um, so, okay, ideally, uh, the king of no pants and I have a mutual friend. Um, he's uh, gleefully volunteered to be on the show. I've been chatting with him on the side, so. I don't know if it'll be next week or the following or whatever, but we will have a uh, proper elected grand from New England on the show that uh, the King of No Pants and I are uh, good friends with. New England. Who is, he is one of my Masonic, well, he's my one of my Masonic Dementors. Because uh, there's levels. You have your mentor, your tormentor, and your Dementor. Hmm. And, well, and 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 Mr. the Fourth is definitely one of my Masonic D mentors. Harlan be your Patronus. We will uh we will definitely look forward to that. And uh, y'all, I, I feel bad for just now calling attention to this, but uh we lost Jeff somewhere. Oh yeah, wait, he, he, he had, had to run hang out a while ago. He did tell us that. Okay. He did. I thought he was being extra quiet, and then I looked over there and he's well he's gone. All right. Well, um, yeah. I guess that's in the, it then. Thanks, brothers, for uh, joining us for this week's episode of the After Lodge podcast. Uh, as John mentioned, there's no reason you can't do your After Zoom Lodge, as our friend the King of No Pants illustrated on Reddit for all to behold. You can find the show notes for this or any previously published episode at www.afterlodge.com. Find us on Facebook or Twitter at After Lodge. Shoot us an email at afterlodge at gmail.com. Hang out with me on IRC at irc.snoonet.org, pound sign Freemasonry. And of course, you can always find one of us occasionally, every now and again, poking around the Freemasonry and After Lodge subreddits. So until next week, brothers, stay safe out there. Wear your fraternally sponsored face mask. Don't get too close to your brothers, but don't get too far away. We'll see you next week. Later. Later. Take care.